Making waves. 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 This is the Making Waves VO Podcast with Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell. Welcome to the Making Waves VO Podcast presented by Full Compass and FullCompass.com. Bobby? We know VO. We have an amazing episode. I'm so happy to uh, be able to be part of this episode of the Making Waves VO Podcast. We have some very special guests and we're going to talk about some important subjects in the world of voiceover. Uh, Bobby and I, in our previous incarnation of the podcast, uh, were able to talk in some length with Trey Mosley and Crystal Walrock about things that are going over, uh, going on in the voiceover community. And we just kind of want to touch on that subject again to see if things have gotten any better in in that regard. Uh, We have three amazing guests with us today, and they are voice actor and world traveler, having visited all seven continents. Rebecca Lee is with us, voice actor, on-camera actor, (laughs) singer, and coach Nazia Chaudhry is here with us, and voice actor, on-camera actor, and writer Yenny Alvarez. Ladies, Welcome. Woo, to those the are some resumes there. <laughs> impressive. <Woo-hoo>. Pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the room. Um, Rebecca, we're going to start with you. Uh, okay. Rebecca and I became fast friends in Switzerland last year, or in uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became fast friends in... in uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes, Bobby. Whatever it takes. Oh, by the way, Rebecca, <laughs> congratulations again on your on your engagement. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, y'all. Yay. I'm still basking in the glow. <laughs> Good. Well, well, let's talk about the, the basking in the glow of being a full-time voice actor and just crushing it. Uh, Rebecca, we're going to start with you. How did you get into the world of voiceover? And tell us what you're working on lately. Okay. Well, I, uh, I started off, I was a flight attendant for 15 years, a flight attendant and then a student pilot, um, because I love travel, as you mentioned, the seven continents, and I really just enjoy getting around. And I thought that was it for me. And I just wanted to make more money. So then I started learning how to fly the plane once I figured out that the (laughs) the pilots were not any more intelligent than I, but made more money. (laughs) But uh, as I was finishing out that process, I had gone about part time flying as a flight attendant. Um, I had gotten the repeated refrain. Um, I should backtrack and, and say that I fly the little puddle jumpers, the the little uh, little fifty seaters, maybe seventy seaters that kind of take you. You're still the flying a plane, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're still wow. flying a plane. Who cares how big it is? <laughs> well, right? I, I just meant because when I would be as a flight attendant, when I would do, I would do all the announcements. There was no, there was no machine. There was no P, like there was no system where we could just press a button and then Viola Davis or somebody comes on. So um, I was always the one doing the announcements. And I used to hear for years, like, oh, once people figured out that it was a real person, because for the most part, they thought it wasn't a, a recording. And when they did turn around where I would say something a little bit off that let them know that it was an actual human talking um they would you know oh of course you should do this you should do that and i'm just thinking like do you know somebody like do you do you have the hookup because that sounds great (laughs) but years of hearing that um and finally someone actually hired me right there on the spot they said um your voice is amazing like um if you the jet bridge is pulling up to the plane and they said listen i just need you to record my outgoing voicemail on my phone you know tell him my name is 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 chris this and just do my message and i'll give you a hundred dollars right now and he did it so (laughs) (laughs) and he did 
it. So then I started <laughs> really taking it seriously. And from there, I just went um, and took courses, you know, studied, had demos made, built my studio space. It all took, I was very slow about it. It took years. But then I was in position when COVID happened. And so I was already recording, but doing it very, very part time, like one toe in, but very still much falling back on the the hammock of my of my career as a flight attendant. But then COVID happened. And then it was sink or swim because they were trying to get rid of people. Um, and they offered me my flight benefits for life if I would just go, just leave. <laughs> so then, wow, <laughs> yeah. So I had nothing else. So I just retired, um, full, t- you know, retired and took my benefits and then jumped into voiceover head first. Like I had no client list, no anything. Um, and for the time that I came in and just what was happening in the, in the, in the, uh, in the culture, there was a lot of stuff after George Floyd's death, Black Lives Matter. Like it, the, the way diversity was being pushed to the forefront, like I took off. It was like I walked off the plank and then never hit the water, like just sailed right up into the air. So it was a, a combination of things that happened. And I was because I was ready, I had the training and I had the instruments and I had the space. I just took off like it, it, it and haven't looked back yet. Haven't looked back since. And Good what genres you. are you uh, are you um, focusing on now? I've got a little bit of everything. The the one of my latest is I'm doing a lot of uh, uh, in show narration. I've got one on National Geographic called uh, Science Fair the series that just came out, and I'm doing one right now um, for to be a murder a murder mystery type uh, you know ID channel type thing. Um, and promo has it. been really really big um, for me. Uh, CBS, CNN, PBS Kids. Um, I'm the voice of the Hallmark Mahogany Channel. Uh, let me think. And I've still got some really good commercial stuff coming in too. So it's it's kind of all over the place right now but those are my top three i say you don't want to miss what's next making waves returns momentarily hey everyone david toback coo of the global voice acting academy also creator of the gva rake guide and a voice actor and you're listening to the making waves video podcast oh bobby I remember getting into voiceover and, um, you know, one of the most exciting parts about getting into voiceover is buying all the gear. You don't realize that until you become a voice actor and you got to produce your own stuff and you go, ooh, this part should be fun. But then you go, I have not a clue on what I'm supposed to buy. <laughs> exactly. That's why you trust your good friends at Full Compass, fullcompass.com. They know VO there and you're going to have a great selection of pro audio gear and you're going to get a lot of good help and there's uh, a lot of good uh, attributes that go along with buying from full compass yeah so if you're not really sure which when you got the piece of equipment and you have questions about it they have a free two-year service or repair plan they have free shipping on orders over 49 dollars. i love that i think my favorite thing is the low price guarantee because you just never know. You, you said a second ago that, you know, you're getting into this and you don't know what you need, but how about, do you know if you're paying the right price for it? So you don't have to worry about that when you shop at fullcompass.com. They'll guarantee to match the price on the products they sell for new, identical, and immediately available products offered at a lower price. They have flexible financing, Bobby, and they also have free <laughs> expert assistance, and that's why we say we know VO at Full Compass. Everything from microphones to interfaces to headphones to mic booms, they've got it. If you have any questions and you're more old school and you want to call them on the phone, you can call Full Compass at 800-356-5844. Full Compass and fullcompass.com. We know VO. Making Waves returns. 
Good for you, Rebecca. I love hearing that. All right, we're gonna we got more coming up with Rebecca in just a second. Nausea, let's let's go with you. Uh, I I understand uh, you were a singer and you do on camera. Tell us about your voiceover journey and how you got into it and what you're working on lately. Yeah, so I started off. Um, I was an opera singer in my undergrad. Um, I was a violinist prior to that, uh, growing up, and um, I did take opera and um, was. Uh, doing drama also in high school. Um, I remember like, you know, doing biology and thinking, wow, you know, I think I want to be a doctor. And then uh, just getting really, really uh, nervous and squeamish when we had to dissect frogs. And that was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a doctor. Hmm. Uh, So I took this elective for radio um, and I thought it was interesting. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It was sort of like an introduction, I guess, to voiceover in a way. But I didn't think of it that way. I just was like, oh, this is really neat. I love music and um, I love chatting with people. And this is kind of fun. Um, fast forward, finished college, got my degree in music. And um, I moved to Washington, D.C. And I was doing opera, musical theater, you know, live stage plays, like uh, legit theater. And, um, you know, was singing, uh, you know, in studios, doing demos and things like that. Uh, I fell into voiceover. I saw an ad in the paper for um, for an agency down the street in the D.C. area that uh, had uh, was looking for assistance for um, for this you know, on-camera agency, and I didn't know they did voiceover. Um, I just kind of was like, oh, let me check this out in the meantime while I'm performing, because um, I always thought, like, that would be a good backup plan. Uh, we'll <laughs> see how that goes, <laughs> see how it how it is on, you know, on the business end of things and uh, working with talent. Um, and I just remember filing some CDs and you know, I was doing on camera at the time. I just kind of fell into that as well. They were like, hey, Naz, we need more diversity. You want to come in and and do this? You've taken theater. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so, you know, I, I happened to kind of have a knack for that. And uh, when I was filing those CDs in the back that same day, I was like, huh, what do we do with these? Like, um, you know, I, I I wasn't sure where to file these. And the agent was like, oh, yeah, we we work with voiceover talent, too. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so, I, you know, there really wasn't that much information out there on voiceover. So I kind of just was like trying to look it up on the Internet because things sort of just um, the, you know, inter- Internet researching was new, I guess, at the time. Um, And I couldn't find anything. Uh, I just remember coming back and being like, oh, wow, you know, I could be like a Disney princess. I could sing, act, and be in the voiceover thing. And I think that's the first thing we think of when we think voiceover is is like animation, right? And I was like, oh, that's so fun. Okay. So when I got back, I was like, hey, um, I'd love to, you know, check out... uh, one of the voiceover auditions and the agent was like, sure, why not? I, I could feel her rolling her eyes, you know, <laughs> even though she wasn't. I just was like, oh, my God, like, I don't, you know, I mean, what what else could she say? She could say no. Right. She could just be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll give it some time. Um, 
But no, she sent me on it and it was for National Geographic. I booked it and I was like, oh, shoot, I don't I've never done voiceover. (laughs) You know, she's like, just do whatever you did when you, you know, when you were in there. And, you know, we did the auditions in in our agent's office at the time. Um, So that was the simple part. And we didn't have to deal with editing and producing our own stuff, which was nice. Right. Right. that was, you know, back in the heyday. Uh, but then, you know, when I walked into the studio, I just remember before that thinking, okay, you know, I asked all my friends um, who were in on camera and also did voiceover. I asked other friends who, you know, who may had some, may have had some insight, you know, on the radio side. And I was just like, just go for it and do it. And and that was it. I mean, I just loved it. It, it didn't matter what color I was. I, I didn't have to worry about being on camera, um, that I wasn't the right ethnicity for whatever role uh, that was up uh, for that time. And that sort of just started my career. And over time, I, you know, I've tried to balance it all and manage it all uh, as a musician and um, uh, a voiceover talent and doing on camera and you know, I think it it is it is one of those like uh, things where you have to be mindful and 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 slow down. Uh, it was only until recently I started to slow down, <laughs> and that's only because I was forced to, uh, you know, for health reasons. But um, you know, going through this journey, I I just, I love voiceover, and um, I just love. Uh, being able to express myself in different ways, you know, as a character or, you know, just behind the mic um, doing a commercial or something. Uh, But of course, my love is still music. Um, I did get my master's in jazz voice. So, uh, you know, that's always still been a a passion of mine. My goal one day is to be a singing character. Although I'm on a show right now, an animated series where my, you know, the show is a singing show. My character doesn't sing. So, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) so close, close. but no cigar. This is Tracy Thibodeau, and you've got the best VO podcast in all the land right here. The Making Waves VO podcast with Kevin and Bobby. Enjoy. Uh, Well, let's go to Yenny Alvarez. Yenny, you've done a a ton of Spanish language stuff, obviously. Uh, Would you tell us about how that led you to voiceover work? Absolutely. Um, So I started started working in musical theater and theater in Miami and in New York. But the dream is always to come to L.A. because in Miami, you can't really make a living as an actor. Um, So I moved to L.A. and... um, I was acting on camera. My first audition in L.A. was for a show called Los Beltran, which was um, that Archie Bunker show, but in Spanish and with amazing people (laughs) all in the family. I love that. I love that concept. Amazing people directing and and behind the camera. And the creatives are just uh, Carlos Bermudez and Mike Milligan came from the American market, so everything was done like the American market. It was one of the first, it was the first sitcom that was union for the Spanish market. That started the ball rolling for everything else to become union. Um, So my very first audition was for that show, and I booked it. And I thought, this is great. I'm, I'm, first of all, sitcom has the best hours on television. 
That's mm-hmm. one of the, the best things about uh, working on camera. And I didn't think that I could do VO. I didn't think it was a career because I didn't hear anybody with my accent in the American market. And it didn't translate because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, wait a minute, but they're Spanish too. How much are they getting paid? What's going on? And in Miami, I had done a few voiceovers, and I was dating this guy who, right before I left, gave put all my stuff in one tape and put it in my hand and basically forced me to bring it to L.A. and said, you're going to use this. You're going to need this. Take this. Best gift anybody ever gave me for my career. Wow. Um, cut to the casting director for Los Beltran, um, said, hey, you know, uh, I know this person. If you have a, you, if you have a voiceover tape, because I went to him thinking, wait a minute, can I actually do this? And uh, he sent me to the first agent that signed me up with this tape that I had brought from Miami. So that started, that started my career in voiceover, and I started working in voiceover. And I would see that my voiceover money was supplementing my on-camera career. And at the time, and on-camera. I was auditioning and booking, but everything I was booking was like the paralegal, the police officer. There were guest stars. There were no principals that looked like me. There were no... And, mm. and when mm. they had the side, uh, the sidekicks, they were, we were always lumped in with everything, like all the minorities mm-hmm. together. They had like everybody was uh, American, mm. and then you would have the sidekick, and it would be Asian, African-American, and Latinos. So mm-hmm. at the time, wow. I saw my money going up and I saw like, wait a minute, I can audition from L.A. and I don't have to drive, you know, in the middle of traffic at 5 p.m., go to Santa Monica, two hours for a 15-minute audition against 400 other people and then go back for the callback? Hmm. Hold up a second. <laughs> so I started <laughs> doing a lot more VO. My career in VO was growing and a lot less on camera until I finally said, you know, this is this is it, and stop doing uh, theatrical and stop doing on camera altogether, um, and just concentrated on voiceover. And one of the first things that kind of made the switch, I took a class at the Disney Studios with Andrea Romano. My very first audition, because of course everybody wants to be wants wants to do animation. My very first animation workshop. And I was prepared. I had my tape. I had my agent. I'm taking this animation workshop. And at the time, Andrea Romano said, does anybody uh, have a tape that we can listen to? I said, I do. And I gave her, I gave her a copy of my tape. She started <laughs> playing it. In walks Brian Nes- Nesky, um, who is the guy at Disney who hires all the voices for the parks. He oh, wow. walks in, wow. and there's my voiceover playing and after he talks, he goes, hey, hi, how are you? Oh, this is a great voice. He looked at me. He goes, do you have a tape? And out of my pocket comes in another CD. Here you go. Yes, I do. <laughs> you got to be prepared. Preparation, opportunity right. yeah. equals Stay success. Ready. <laughs> and that um, that also helped out a lot in my career. Um cut to my first audition for my my first audition for Disney and I booked all the Spanish PA announcements. I think we recorded 10 that first time that I went in. Awesome. Um wow. So yeah, I mean that was What was the second question? What am I doing right now? 
Yeah, what genres I, are you focusing on? I do a lot of um, commercials, Spanish commercials, and commercials in English with my accent. There's that little niche of the Spanish accent, uh, slight to heavy, uh, which now, thankfully, now they're just focusing on very authentic. So, you, you know, I can speak with my natural accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing uh, animation. There's a Barbie animated movie that's coming out that I'm in. Uh, there's a movie called Pinocchio yeah, and, nice. the, and wow. the Water of Life that looks amazing that hopefully will come out this year. Um, what else? And I'm still at Disney. I'm still the the PA uh, announcement telling people to keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times. And a couple of years back, <laughs> they it. also <laughs> um, hired me for the first true Latina character voice at the parks, which is Rosita. She flies out of the Tiki Room and uh, she tells the tiki room. these really cute, very clean jokes <laughs> um, at the Tropical Hideaway. So uh, that's exciting to see like this big animatronic bird with my voice coming out of it. I don't know that I would sit there for that long and listen wow, to it. <laughs> so Three amazing stories there and so different. And your voices are all so different. I just love this. I, I couldn't have picked three better people, Kevin. And <laughs> diversity has been a, a, a big word for a while now. Thank goodness. Uh, even what, uh, what's his name? Anthony Anderson last night in the Emmys um, mm-hmm. was talking about diversity. I think he called it the chocolate Emmys, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> so, so. I guess my question for all three of you, how have things changed in VO for you for or for women in color overall in the past, say, five years? I know you kind of hit on it a little bit, but as far as agents and um, getting the gigs and Rebecca, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, yeah, I I definitely noticed a difference. I mean, granted, when I first was putting my toes in the water, I was doing mostly corporate stuff. I mean, what agent was even going to look for me really at that point with the lack of experience that I had. But suddenly I told you uh, some things that shifted politically and and socially. And suddenly people were putting out like a, on social media, like looking for African-American talent, looking for this, looking for authentic representation. And soon I was beating people off, which was really, <laughs> it was really something. It was, it was. It Didn't was expect a, that, did you? Not at all. Not at all. And, and like, like, <clears throat> like I said, I was ready. I was prepared. So I got my uh, materials and submitted them and just boom every every door that I knocked on really seemed to just open and that that was the um, the beautiful impact of people finally kind of waking up and saying we need authentic representation mm-hmm. this this world of ours this country of ours here and but the world is is made up of more than just this and so suddenly like it was a fire hose like it just all these opportunities and so now you look and even in the materials that I'm receiving for auditions, it's very clear about wanting authentic representation, wanting uh, BIPOC or POC or, or this or that. Like, they're very clear about it. And it really feels good. It's about time. And, you know, the, the, the buzzword of the day when I do do my corporate is DEI, right? Like, that's diversity, equity, inclusion. That's all anyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, you can be aware that it is performative. And I don't uh, I, I, I sometimes I'm thinking that as I'm reading some of the stuff, but whatever it is, performative or, or, or authentic, it, um, it, it is a good time. It's a good opportunity. It's, it's, it's a long time coming and it's 
you know, it's a good space to be in now, um, finally able to be heard and represented in, in big brands, not just the sidekick and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, it, it, things have shifted in a major way and they've been incredibly impactful and, and for me, incredibly positive. Hey, this is international award-winning voice actor Krista Walrock, and you're listening to the Making Waves VO podcast with Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell. Nazia, how about you? In particular, like getting agents, has that been a, a change in the past five years or was that always kind of easy for you? Um, I've noticed, uh, you know, I've noticed a change in agents, um, you know, taking on more um, people of color, uh, so to speak, on their rosters. And <clears throat> I think I think that's a good thing. And, you know, like... Uh, Rebecca was saying it's about time, <laughs> yeah. but you know this this event would not happen unless it was for the you know the incidents with George Floyd as unfortunate yes. as it was, right? Um, I feel like that really put uh, you know put some, shed some light on uh, not just black voices but other underrepresented minorities as well. Absolutely, um, <clears throat> you know. And it's funny because I had a I've had a friend, uh, you know, a black friend, and she she told me, "How do you feel about what's going on with George Floyd?" And I said, "I don't know how to feel. I'm not I'm not black." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Nas, you're a person of color. You know, there's this is why you have these feelings." And I was like. Oh, okay. Like I didn't know that I had a voice in this as well mm-hmm. um, at that time, um, but to see the change, I think, is remarkable. Um, I feel like we need more of it. There are mm-hmm. production companies I feel that are making those moves as well. I know Pandora mm-hmm. is very heavy on um, diverse voices uh, and people of color and making sure that they have a certain percentage of mm. voices on their roster that are people of color and not just black voices or brown voices, Asian, um, Latino, you know, every, every one you can imagine and including the underrepresented minority such as, uh, you know, Indian, Native American yeah. and uh, and other ethnicities. So, you know, I noticed a shift um, in the beginning of my own uh not necessarily, well, I guess it had to do with the agencies um, where I saw a lot on the roster or a lot on the um, auditions saying um, black voices or Latino voices or Latinx. And um, I just felt like, oh my gosh, like what about, or they would say Asian. And when they said Asian, they meant East Asian Mm -hmm. because I would Mm -hmm. look at the breakdowns and I would see that you know, it's an, clearly an East Asian character, although they're saying Asian. I think Hollywood's version of Asian is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is it's a stereotype. East Asian. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, so I felt like I got left out of a lot of castings, um, as well as Arab Americans. Uh, my my kids are half Arab and, and half Pakistani. So um, <clears throat> I noticed it was really hard, you know, those breakdowns weren't coming in anymore mm-hmm. um, because my kids also do voiceover. So, you know, I did, I was a little frustrated in the beginning, but I felt like, you know, this is, this is time for a lot of us. So 
I'm just gonna wait my turn, you know, <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna lay low and do what I need to do. Um, but it, I did notice a big change. And now I'm starting to see, like, I just saw two breakdowns that said Asian um, or Latinx, um, which I know Yenny might be able to, uh, you know, expand on uh, the use of Latinx, uh, um, you know, on breakdowns. But I saw this and I thought, Okay, let me look at the breakdown. This is exciting. Okay, Asian or Latinx, and there were this was out of twenty four or twenty five characters, um, and then I was like, oh, clearly the the picture shows an East Asian character and shows an East Asian name. Mm. So I thought, okay, they don't mean all Asian, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So I still feel like with with Google, and you know, we have all these um, opportunities to look up you know, these areas in the world that at some point we would know like that Asia is huge, you know, (laughs) we've got very, you know, we've got a lot of different sections in that. So I start Mm -hmm. to see these, these breakdowns almost becoming like on camera breakdowns in my opinion. Um, I don't know about you ladies. I know uh, you probably, I've heard, you know, from my fellow people of color that that is also some of the feeling, but I'll let everyone else expand on that. Yenny, have you seen that? Have you seen, uh, you know, more Latinx auditions coming through? And could you, I'm whitey McWhite. I mean, like, I'm as white as they come. So I I don't see, I don't see, you know, Latinx. I don't see Asian, East Asian, West Asian, you know, art, you know, black or anything like that. So uh, what have you seen coming through from your agents and auditions? Well, to tell you the truth, I started uh, looking at the trends, and I knew it was coming when um, Obama got into the White mm-hmm. House. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to trickle down and we we're going to start seeing more African-American voices and more African-Americans represented on television. Mm-hmm. And it started happening little by little. And that's when I started seeing principles that were African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to all this Latinx stuff and the voices. And yes, uh, the the diversity has gotten a little better for Latinx and for uh, yeah for Latinos, uh, whether you're South American or Caribbean or whatever. And sometimes it's super specific, mm-hmm. like they want somebody right. from Colombia or they want somebody from Chile. And I'm like, okay, so when that <laughs> happens, I'm out of it. <laughs> so, but if it's I Cuba, that specific here. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's Cuba? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but um, it's still. As far as Latinos are concerned, it's still not as great a percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is for African-Americans, mm-hmm. but I see like I, I see a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. which is absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. because absolutely it'll definitely trickle down to everybody right, else yes. and all the rest of the minorities. But Latinos are still not represented. We make up 20 percent of the population and we're represented 2.6 uh, a few years back and last year 3.3. In front wow. and behind of the camera. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're seeing it. But the way I look at it is like it's still not a- as much as it should be. And sometimes we do all get lumped in to, Together. you know, one yeah. category. Right. Um, eventually, hopefully, it will get better. Um, I think it comes down to us making that making ourselves aware of what's going on the trends and it comes down to education a lot of yeah. them a lot of the castings that come in don't really know what they're looking for mm. and if 
thank thank God that it says open ethnicity. Right. So when that happens, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you something that hopefully you'll like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to, I think I just read something for a Brazilian. I'm like, I can't do a Brazilian. <laughs> I can't do Portuguese. <laughs> I can't do that. It's not that open. <laughs> well, if anything, they're, they're, like I'll have clients every once in a while that say, you know, you've hired, you've been hired for this, but do you know anybody who speaks Spanish? So you're right. They just kind of lump it in as Spanish speaking. They mm-hmm. don't go any deeper. Right. In the Making Waves VO podcast, we'll be right back. This is voice actor and voice acting coach Linda Bruno, and you're listening to the Making Waves VO podcast with Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell. I heard it's really good. As a voice actor, you want to focus on what's important, right? Like pulling off the perfect read. You don't want to stress about tech stuff. That's why Full Compass is in your corner. With 50 years experience in pro audio, Full Compass has everything we voice actors need. Mics, headphones, monitors, mixers, interfaces, DAWs, all the goodies. And their certified product experts help with everything they sell. Plus, you can get free same-day shipping, flexible financing, oh, and a low-price guarantee. See it all at fullcompass.com. Fullcompass.com. They know VO. Now back to the podcast. What's the future hold for you, Rebecca? Like, what are you expecting to see on the horizon in terms of opportunities? Huh. That's a good question. I am sort of pessimistic. So I think that people jump on a bandwagon and then jump to the next thing that is cool. So while I'm enjoying this and I think it's beautiful um, and I do think that that the the industry won't ever be able to go back to completely white male only like is it like you can't erase this momentum that's been made. Uh, but I do think that probably other topics will become trendy. For example, now we've got a lot of casting for non-binary and things like that. And I just think that that's going to Mm -hmm. be the next wave. And then I'm not sure what the next wave is. I mean, I'm um, being LGBT myself and from this community, I am a lesbian. And so I'm looking and excited when I see things like that, when I see them asking for authentic this or authentic that. So I think that there'll, mm-hmm. there'll be still space for me and progress for me to move in one way or another to move upward. Um, because again, representation and authenticity. Um, but I just don't know, like I'm kind of also looking at just watching and seeing, okay, is this going to drop out and is something else going to take you know, to be the interesting thing, the buzzword, the, you know, the, the cool thing to be or the thing that's getting the job or am I virtue signaling somehow with my company by saying that, hey, I hired this, you know, I don't know. So that's that's where I fall. I can't wait to hear from from the other ladies because I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I do anticipate at least until AI takes everything down, being able to kind of <laughs> being able to kind of just keep stay as relevant as possible. And within that, my own skill set, keeping that sharp and just kind of staying abreast of what's going on and 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 between that and being black and gay honey hopefully something <laughs> hopefully, hopefully i stay cool long enough to make a nice long career of this we'll see and female and female right. there we go there we go but don't you love it ladies that that finally the casting people are saying you have to be authentic mm-hmm. yeah black you know before the, there yeah. were people imitating it and, and absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right they still are though yeah they th- still there's are still a lot especially of that in the on, animation yeah. uh thing i mean you can't fault the uh the actors for that but you know they're still 
there's still people there doing the accents, even though it's not authentic. So it comes from up top. <sighs> yeah. Right. Well, get it together, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 happy that it's that I have I do have the opportunity to audition for things. Sure. And but uh, again, in the in the animation uh, market, it's still a tight circle. And the people that are doing it have been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and can do the accents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, how can you fault them? True. Yeah. Nazi, what is your perfect uh, voiceover universe for the future? Oh, my perfect voiceover universe. Um, I don't know. You know, as much as I love the authenticity and, and that, you know, we're being authentic with casting, um, like Yenny mentioned, they're getting very specific and, you know, we're getting really detailed in what type of, um, you know, uh, what type of ethnicity, or ethnicity within the ethnicity, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we're really getting, I don't know, a little too detailed about it. And, and like I said, I just saw a breakdown. It must have been 25 characters. Um and it did say authentic, authentic. It w- they were looking for authentic. However, they did say in the breakdown that um, this was a made-up place. So they they <laughs> essentially <laughs> it's weird. They want they want the it it sounded like they wanted the essence of these characters, but they wanted the authenticity to be there. But th- they were from a made-up place hmm. that hmm. didn't yeah. exist. You can't get authentic that way. It's like when you, you see <laughs> exactly. a script and they're like, Kevin, uh, this, this character is not an announcer. He's your next door neighbor. He is your friendly guy. He is this, this, and the script says announcer. Yes. And, you know, it's... But see, I see yeah. that's where That's where it's not great for right. us. Because, for example, when you want African-American, they're not going to be super specific. But mm-hmm. when you want Latino, they can be from all these other mm-hmm. countries. So it's like, how do you... It's it's mm-hmm. it's not great. Hey, South <laughs> Asians... Maybe we want to be lumped I into know, all Latinx. Right? How can they change that? <sighs> I don't know that I have an answer for you. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, I'm going to jump in here, Kevin. I feel like, okay, so before it didn't matter what I looked like, you know, behind the behind the mic. It did not matter. I could voice a corporate narration. I could voice a commercial. It did not matter what I look like. And then when I see these breakdowns, okay, let's say the breakdown will say Caucasian, Southern. But I grew up in Indiana, you know, mm. I'm born and bred <laughs> in Indiana. Yes, my heritage is Pakistani, but I am American, you know? So, but I would not be, I've not been cast for any roles, although I can do a great Southern accent. I, you know, I grew up in it. Um, I'm not getting cast for those things, even when I audition. So it can be disheartening as an actor because you feel like, okay, I know all these, you know, I, I, I'm a quick study on that's, accents and things like that. There, there's that flip that's side. That's really to it. interesting. Yeah, because you don't, I don't hear an accent. <laughs> Maybe that's because I have an accent. But you know, but... I've lived all over. So I've lived in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I grew up, close to there. <laughs> uh, D.C., Miami. I, I went to college in Miami, my undergrad. Uh, now I'm living in Dallas. So you know. You know, I don't know. I the perfect world. I don't think that exists. And I feel like we're we're inching. We're very, you know, it's very slow progress. 
we're making mm-hmm. some progress. But Nazia, do you do you audition for roles that ask for a Pakistani uh, um, accent? Yes, I do. I do. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Pakistani or Indian, my heritage is South Asian. So uh, my grandparents, due to the partition, um, were Indian uh, before Pakistan was Pakistan, right? Okay. So um, that was just a little uh, technicality there. But, you know, that's the only way I can play the Indian roles is because of my heritage, you know, my background, um, in addition to Pakistani roles. But, you know, I do a fair amount of other accents. Like my my uh, husband is uh, Egyptian, so I do a pretty good Egyptian accent. <laughs> I've, I've lived with my in-laws for a long time. Um, but then again, I, you know, it's if they're asking for authentic, then I back away. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see some of my counterparts who I did see the breakdown for authenticity, and they might be a South Asian person doing the Arab American role or Arab voice, you know, like or an Egyptian accent. So that makes me question, well, why didn't I audition for that? You know, mm-hmm. because I was trying to follow the rules. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's hard to draw that line as the actor or as the authentic um, person. Right. And I, I, I also wanted to, if I may, contribute, because while while it sounds incredibly difficult and frustrating, the more we niche down, niche down, niche down with authenticity, I would be remiss not to say that as a black person um, that is been made this catch all. And it is, you know, it, it's it's you're black. You're fine because it's not we don't have right African-Americans. We don't have countries that we know of to come from and things like that. We have no idea, but we have culture, we have cities. And so it might be a regional black accent or, a, you know, a, a, um, from up north or something. But we, with amongst ourselves, talk a lot about being pigeonholed into the black scent, like the, mm-hmm. you know, I am African-American, no matter, you know, no matter how I sound, I am. And that's authentic. But when they, what they're looking for sometimes and what they really want is what we call urban. And I'm air, uh, quoting as right. hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm air quoting as hard as I can because a lot of times Uh, people want that and they don't know how to say it. At least people have learned not to say, you know, get more, you know, um, sassy, get more this. Like, Uh there's just no good way. They're saying, could you be more black? Exactly. That's what we're saying. Exactly. Whitey McWhite says, can you (laughs) be more black for us? You know, and so I I just wanted to put that out there, too, that that it's not I don't think it's nearly as as. like when I hear like niche, like Southeast Asian versus like I can only imagine the frustration. But I, I will say that we have a, a, a different kind, but the same kind of problem where they've put yeah. this big like, oh, just be black. Just sound black. Just do that. And it's like, well, you know, for Latinos, <laughs> for Latinos, can you dial up your accent? Yeah. See, right. see, it's like, like that. Oh my God. It's like that. So that that's still very prevalent, incredibly prevalent. Yeah. So it's still a thing. I get it, sisters. I get it. How do you it. reply to something like that in direction, Rebecca? It depends on how much they're paying, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you just dial it up. Dial it right on yeah. up. Yeah. I got it all. I got it all. I was like, where do you want me to take it? <laughs> this is the Making Waves VO podcast with Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell. I'm George Washington III, voice actor, and I know they appreciate you listening. Before we wrap things up, I have a question for you, all three of you. We'll start with Yenny. What is your dream job. What is my dream job? Well, a few years back, I would have told you I wanted to be the voice of the sci-fi channel. I am. 
Sci-fi. Yes. Because that's what I used to watch all the time. <laughs> all sci-fi. All day. Um, right now... The things I, I've I've done a lot of my dream jobs. Like I work for Disney. My voice is at the parks forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would just love to be able to travel anywhere and live anywhere in the world and just have my own little. Oh yeah, you need me when? Okay, great, let's do it, and then mm-hmm. go back to my vineyard and have wine. There we and, go. Yeah. Yeah, love I it. think that's that would that's be the it. dream career. There we go. Oh, Not just the yeah. Career. Yeah. <laughs> Dream job. I love Lin Manuel Miranda. That's my dream job. Work in an animated film with Lin Manuel Miranda. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Oh yeah, very nice. It's on tape. (laughs) (laughs) Put it out into the universe, Lin Manuel. (laughs) Nazi, what about you? What's your uh, dream VO Hmm. job? I, I gotta say it. I mean, I want to be a Disney princess one day. I still haven't made it there. (laughs) One day. One day. Sparkles here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to be, right, Kevin? You've always dreamed of being a Disney I've princess. I've always right? dreamed of being a Disney princess, yes. You, you've read my journals. <laughs> Nazia, yeah. that's how I paid for college. Oh, really? I did kid shows, and um, I, I went to college Monday through Friday, and Saturday and Sunday, I was every single Disney princess wow. and Barney and Baby oh, Bob and Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Power Rangers for uh, little kids' parties, and that's that paid my college. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. And Rebecca, what about you? What's your dream VO job? Nazia took mine. Okay, I've, I'm such a huge... You can still have hey, keep the dream alive. Uh, mine and yours, Kevin, also. I know that we just re- de- <laughs> determined that that was your also Don't your you dream. <laughs> but um, Kevin, I'll I give you one. I it Kevin's okay. dream. Paradise <laughs> <laughs> Diaries. These ladies, the ladies want to be Disney princesses. I want to be a Disney villain. Oh, yes. that's yes. nice. Yes. Yeah. yes, that would be amazing. That would be amazing, <laughs> Rebecca. I thought you would want to be. Um, I thought you'd want to be the voice of God for a uh, an award. Show. That is, I was gonna Ooh. say that was my next yeah. top two. No, seriously, that's my next top yeah. two. Was either the brand voice of that. some luxury, luxury, mm-hmm. stupid luxury car, or live announce. And that is that <laughs> yeah. is what I'm going for now. I, I actually am tr- um, putting some energy into finding out how to get on stage live announcing like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just you amazing. You would be great at that. So. Um, yeah, that 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 would be. I think that would knock off a whole bunch of. Uh, at least until I get to Di- mm-hmm. Disney princess slash villain status, that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love let's it. write it. Um, you you asked a question. How do we change that? Uh-oh. I think it comes from the top. Uh-huh. I think it comes from uh, executives and writers that you know want to write it and do it well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think if and that's that's my little second career uh my second act i'm writing things uh and i'm writing for the children's space and i'm you know i'm writing what i know which is diversity right that's awesome so i think and if if that's what you want and maybe this is something else that you want to look into uh make your own project Hmm. make your own uh Mm -hmm. disney princess project and put it out there or disney villain in my case yeah (laughs) very true create the thing if you build yeah, it, it comes from come. the top. If we have more diversity uh, in, you know, in uh, executives at studios or writers, the yeah. WGA is doing a great, uh, great thing with that. The WGA has um, a Latino uh, committee. They have the the African American committee, the women's committee, and they're all getting things done. Mm-hmm. 
and it's happening little by little, but it's happening. This has been an amazing episode, ladies. Thank you so much. I'm going to go around the room. Rebecca Lee, if somebody was interested in hiring you, booking you, how can they reach you? They could reach me at RebeccaLeeSpeaks.com. That is the easiest and fastest way. Um, Do we give phone numbers on here or is that we save that for later? No, just your web. That's good. I don't want any creepers calling (laughs) Any creepers like, hey, girl, (laughs) read me the bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) Nazia, what about yourself? How can they reach you? They can find me at NazVoice.com. NAZvoice.com. Love it. Yenny, and yourself? YennyAlvarez.com and SpanishVoiceOver.com. Ooh, oh, that's a nice URL. Good URL. Mm. Man. Love it. Ladies, thank you so much for your time and your insight, and, and thanks for being part of the Making Waves VO podcast today. We hope this will resound with people. And oh, doggone it, I, I did want, uh, uh, really quick, Rebecca, if if I could get some words of wisdom from you, uh, because you're kind of uh, fresh into the voiceover world these last, uh, you know, almost 10 years or so. How can you inspire somebody that uh, maybe a person of color that is considering this as a uh, career? What would you say to them right now if they're, you know, wondering whether they can do it? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, my knee-jerk reaction is watch out for AI, y'all. But but no, in real, <laughs> in real life. Um, I would just say that absolutely uh, it is possible and it is about being yourself. It is about all the experiences that you've had, um, everything that you bring to it, the the authentic sound of your voice and where you're from and, and who's loved you and, and who's hurt you. And all of that makes up the, the person that we're hearing behind the mic so that it's okay to dream big and, and dream of more and imagine yourself doing this thing. It is totally possible. Just put yourself out there, get the get the coaching, get the classes and, and let that inner light shine and and show who you are and it is absolutely achievable love it it. thank you so much (laughs) yeah read read your contracts read your contracts (laughs) (laughs) bobby that was eye-opening yeah yeah definitely expected it but it was was, even better than i expected yeah and i i guess i've got hope you know that this trend can continue for diversity and inclusion uh, to keep going. I, I hope it does. I, I know Rebecca is a little bit pessimistic, but she's, you know, of, of course, uh, a little uh, guarded and, uh, you know, ca- cautiously optimistic probably about the trend continuing. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good episode. The Making Ways VO podcast presented by Full Compass and FullCompass.com. We know VO. See you next time. The Making Waves VO Podcast is produced by K2 Media Productions with hosts Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell. Sound design and editing by Jason Traver. Production assistance by Lacey Deleen. Publicity and social media by Shannon Scott and Silas Phillips. Be sure to subscribe to the Making Waves VO Podcast on your favorite platform. For all episodes, merchandise, gear, and more, visit makingwavesvo.com. Until next time, I'm AJ McKay. Keep making waves.